Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with Jay. What's happening, y'all? Today, we're going over little known health facts. That's right. Shit you have probably never heard before. And if you have, lucky you, because most people don't know this stuff. I know just about everything out in this field. I've heard some form or fashion of everything tossed around right or wrong. And now I've come across some things that I have never even heard of before. So my interest peaked. And since my interest was peaked, I thought, boy, somebody else would like to hear this. So I am here to share that with you. So uh, one thing you're probably wondering if you've been working out or trying to eat better and you haven't quite got the body you want, you probably said to yourself, why can't everyone have a six-pack or the hourglass frame if you're a girl? And the simple answer is it's genetics and epigenetics. For some people, it's just programmed in for you to store more fat or possibly have a lower-functioning metabolism, meaning you burn less calories. You can change a lot with diet and exercise, but sometimes it's not everything, at least not everything on your wish list aesthetically. So you just have to be happy at some point and go, this is who I am. I may not ever be built like Apollo or, you know, you may not ever have that hourglass figure with the perfect butt and little bitty waist and the rock hard legs and whatever. Um, It's different for everybody what exactly you're looking for. But generally speaking out there in the media these days, they're lobbing all these grenades on us about what we're supposed to look like. And it's for a guy, you got to have a six pack. You got to have straight teeth, pretty hair, handsome fella, a little scruff, nice Um, biceps, triceps, good chest, and most dudes don't give a shit about their legs. They just hide them so they don't ever work them out. It's just all about your upper body. And then for girls, it's got to have a little bitty waist and a humongous fucking ass and titties and be thin everywhere else and have a Barbie doll face and figure. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's almost ridiculous because you see one person after another, either pulling it off or photoshopping their pictures or whatever program they're using to make their self look like they have completely smooth skin, big succulent lips and beautiful eyes. And it's all fucking fake. It's all bullshit. If you saw them in person, you'd be like, who the fuck are you? Who are these pictures? How did you do this? So just know it's okay to be you, man. It's okay to be you, baby. Just be you. Do the best you can with what you have to work with. Sometimes our genetics and epigenetics, they work against you to a certain degree. It's not an excuse. Now, I don't want you to use that as an excuse not to try, not to give it your best effort to eat better, to get up and get physical every day. Break a sweat. I say every day. I say break that sweat. Because seriously, I mean, that's the body's made to do it. So why not? And it's only going to make you healthier. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you look better. Um, And when I say feel better, it's not just a physical thing. It's also mentally. It makes you 
mentally operate better when you get some kind of a physical workout and it releases endorphins. So it can help lots of people through depression and anxiety and other issues they're going through. PTSD, um, COVID. (laughs) So get up and try your best to do something physical every single day and stop sticking junky shit in your face and put some healthy foods down your gullet and swallow And in in most circumstances, it's going to produce fantastic results. I mean, it's no matter what, you not moving and you eating like dog shit is going to produce horrible results. The worst. You can see what your worst absolutely is if that's your goal. Do that. You will have a horrible life. You will feel like shit. You will cut years and years off your life. The longer you do it, the more years you cut off your life. So how about you live longer, happier, healthier, mentally, physically, and you'll look better. You'll feel better. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. So I'll shut up about that. Let's move on to some of these facts that are different. New news for me and maybe for you too. So... Did you know there are five different kinds of fats in your body? That's right. It's not just one gelatinous piece of fatty Crisco meat that's hiding underneath your skin. There's five different kinds. Number one is subcutaneous fat. That's right under your skin. It's that white adipose tissue. It's that soft little doughy feeling you get underneath your skin when you pinch right around your belly or somewhere else where you got some fat. Number two is visceral fat. This is the deeper fat that hides in the recesses of your abdominal cavity. It surrounds your organs, and in typical amounts, it provides support and cushion between organs, so it's necessary. In excess cases, it can put stress on your organs. This is the most dangerous kind of fat when you overgrow this one. It's the most correlated with heart disease, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, etc. So you can see this can turn into a bad thing if... You end up with excess obesity, too much body fat, and you build up this visceral fat. Bad fucking news, man. It could be your death sentence, motherfucker. So, you heard all the diseases it can contribute to, and it's the deadliest type of fat. It's also another type of uh, white adipose tissue, like the subcutaneous fat, but it's a bit firmer. And uh, that's why it's in between your organs and stuff for cushioning. Number three is intramuscular fat. That's right. You can have some fat in your damn muscles. That sounds ludicrous, right? But you have seen it before. Not on a human being. I'll tell you in just a minute. This fat works on sight to provide energy directly to your muscles that need it. Now, it makes sense, right? Why you got some. Muscle and fat work together symbiotically. So, this is like what I was saying a while ago. Like, when you've seen it before, it's been like a a steak with marbling in it. Everybody's seen a steak that's marbled. It's got some fat running throughout the fibers. It's not just red. It's got some white and in, interdispersed throughout the muscle fiber. That is intramuscular fat. And, I mean, that's that's your example of what it looks like. It can get out of hand and become a bad thing, though, when you see 
chubby muscles, fat muscles. This is also another type of white adipose tissue. Now, this is not the deadly one like visceral fat, but it's not a good one either. So we don't want it in excess. No fat in excess is good. Just put it that way. There is certain amounts that are healthy, but considering the way most people in America put on body fat, it's most people are not doing it in a healthy fashion. They're not limiting themselves to, you know, a guy being around like 10%, a girl being around 20%. I mean, these are very healthy ranges to be in. Okay, let's go to number four. Did you know we have body fat that actually burns fat? Yes. It sounds crazy, but it is true. Number four, we have brown fat. This is the fat that can burn fat. It's brown because it has more density of mitochondria. These are the power plants of your body making and burning energy. Mitochondria actually are responsible for breaking down fats into energy, like I just said. 84% of your fat is broken down and aspirated in your body. That means that when you're burning fat, you actually exhale the majority of it. Aspiration, breathing it out. Crazy, huh? You breathe it out as carbon dioxide. Your lungs are an eliminatory organ like your digestive tract. Think, it's absorbed nutrition also, but it chunks a lot out in your toilet bowl (laughs) that you don't need. Lungs grab oxygen. Sure, we all know that, but they eliminate much more carbon dioxide. And that's the important fact about it, being a limitary organ. One third of that fat that you burn is breathed out during your sleep. So don't think that you're just burning fat and it's coming out as sweat. It doesn't do that. The majority of it's going to be coming out probably as you breathe and other methods. As uh, fat is burned, it comes out and is excreted also through shit and piss, sweat also. So there's lots of ways you can get rid of fat. Just know that this brown fat is a good fat. Most people don't have enough of the brown fat. High in mitochondria loves to burn up body fat. So brown fat is something normally you find more in uh, newborn babies. They have a lot of brown fat. It's very protective fat. Um, it's normally... More associated with people that live in extremely cold climates. Hey, 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 see a little relativity there to the safety of this fat, taking care of you and shielding you from the cold. And as a baby, taking care of the little baby, making him doughy. That brown fat's very protective. All right, number five, beige fat. It can change. It can morph from brown to white or whatever it wants. It's a fat for storage or a fat for burning. Obviously, brown fat can be more beneficial because it burns energy, but your beige fat doesn't always choose to be that way. 
Now, nobody, I believe, knows for sure why beige fat can and does change from brown to white fat, but it has that ability to change its cellular structure and adapt and become whatever it wants. So there's five types of interesting fats for you. Now we need to get on to one that is very deceptive that many people have a basic understanding of and they know it's on all their nutrient panels. The calorie. That's right. Fucking calories. Everybody counts them or talks about them or thinks about them or bases their diet on them. And lots of it is just this horrible paradigm we've been based around forever. I'll go over the history with you to show you where it came from. But the calorie. Do you know the calorie? Do you want to know more about the calorie than you think you know? Well, I hope you do because I'm about to tell you. Dr. Lulu Hunt Peters popularized the term calorie. She did this in the early 1900s when she wrote a nutritional book that sold 2 million copies in the early 1900s. That is crazy. That's a lot. So basically, everybody and their mama had one of these damn books back in the day. This began the whole indoctrination of our culture to only think of food as calories. Some of her quotes were, We no longer say a slice of bread. We say 100 calories of bread. We no longer say a slice of pie. We say 350, excuse me, 350 calories of pie. So she started this whole revolution to stop talking about food and its structure, whatever its name was, and think about it as a calorie. How many calories are in that? And only count the calories because the calories determine whether you're fat or whether you're skinny, whether you're healthy or whether you're dying. This indoctrination was wrong, but it did go on for a long time, and it's still very much in the subconscious of most people. So food just became a number, a number to manage instead of considering the impact of the nutrition that it's having on you. She also asserted a woman of her height could eat whatever she wanted as long as it wasn't over 1,200 calories. Hmm. That was bullshit. It was an assumption then, and it is as well now. So many diets are based off of this notion of counting these calories, including the popular Weight Watchers diet of more recent popularity, which you have... If you've listened to any of the other podcasts, you've heard me talk about the Weight Watchers diet or anything similar to it where you count calories, how moronic it is. Okay. She also made maintaining a slimmer appearance a moral issue. She used terms like sin and punishment associated with excess calorie consumption and obesity. Pretty fucking harsh. Calorie is a measurement of energy in your food, but it is not everything. Some foods burn more calories than others. So, how can calories be considered equal? Take a piece of cake and some broccoli. Which one is better? I don't even have to tell you. You already know which one's better. Cake 
cake is easily broken down. It's just processed garbage. And when it's broken down easily like that, the full calories are absorbed. And your insulin spikes extremely high, influencing fat storage. There's no good vitamins and minerals in this pile of cakey shit. Some broccoli, now that's completely different. This is hard to break down. So it burns calories in the digestion to get to the nutrition of this broccoli and to push it down through your digestive digestive tract into your colon and down out your ass into the toilet. Now, in that process, you're picking up loads of vitamins and minerals that make you healthy. Meats and other whole foods do the same thing as that broccoli does in different varying degrees with different nutrients. Processed foods of all kinds are the most detrimental to your health, increasing your fat storage, your heart problems, your cardiovascular issues, and diabetes. So remember, all calories are not the same. Don't forget that. And just know that this lady probably had great intentions. She was a doctor too. But this was in the 1900s, man. We're in the year 2020, about to go into 2021. So Lulu Hunt Peters, maybe you did a service to everybody in the 1900s and you didn't know any better. But now... This is old news. This is bullshit. This paradigm is broken and old. I say out with it and in with the new knowledge that we do know and that we can prove. My life has been based off this simple fact. If I want to be healthy and vibrant and I want to gain muscle and I want to burn body fat, then I put good food in my body. And if I'm not experiencing what I want, then I know it's probably because I'm eating shitty food and I'm not moving enough. So movement and good food equals health, vibrance. Your mental acuity and your your sharpness are going to go up too. You're going to feel better, look better. So make those changes if that's what you need. And don't worry about counting calories because literally if you count calories, you can say, I'm only allowed 1,200 calories every day. Now, you could get that with three good-sized meals of healthy foods, meats, vegetables, clean carbs. Or you could say, well, I'm going to eat twice a day and I'm just going to have a little bit of some chips and some cake or I'm going to have a donut or some pie or a little Debbie or whatever, some McDonald's or Taco Bell or what, but it's, it's shit. There's nothing good in it. If you count your calories and you allow for that, you can fit it in and you'll still hit your 1200 calorie deadline and then stop there. But you didn't get any nutrition out of it. You didn't burn any calories breaking down that food to get any nutrients, vitamins or minerals it might have. And then you spike your insulin and you put on a bunch of body fat and you're trashing yourself. So forget it. Don't do that, man. Calories are not the same. They never will be. So eat better foods. And like I said, get out there and do something physical for your own health. 
Here's a little study I found on the processed food, healthy food debate. Participants were divided into two groups. One group was given 800 calories of processed food to eat. Okay. On the other hand, the other group was given 800 calories of whole food to eat. Okay. The group receiving processed food experienced an average 50% reduction in metabolism. So if you eat whole foods of equal calories, it is significantly easier to stay lean and mean because I just said there's a 50% reduction in your metabolism operation when you're eating trashy foods. Or you can look at it the other way. There's a 50% boost in your metabolism by eating healthy food. So there's no point in eating processed foods unless all you care about is taste. You're a fucking taste glutton. You just everything's got to taste good. It's got to be sugary and sweet. It's got to be salty and crispy and make me fucking salivate and fucking slobber all over myself. If that's all you care about, you're killing yourself slowly and you're opening the door to horrible diseases. Now, there's one other thing. Say you're starving to death. Okay, eat the food. It will give you a little bit of nutrition if you're starving to death. Here's some facts on whole foods. Eating 100 calories of protein costs 20 to 30% in digestion. That's a lot. Carbs cost 10 to 15% in digestion. Fats cost 0 to 5% in digestion. So out of 100 calories, you're getting 70 to 80% of the protein that you eat. Out of 100 calories, you're getting 85 to 90% of the carbs you eat. These are all healthy, whole foods, friends. Out of 100 calories of healthy fats, you're only getting 95. Well, you're getting quite a bit of it. The fats, you almost absorb all of it. Amazing, though, with the protein, 70 to 80% of the calories out of 100 calories, that's 70 to 80 calories that you're absorbing. The other 20 to 30 calories you're burning off. This is the thermogenic effect, friends. This is what you experience when you eat healthy foods. Now, everyone's digestion is slightly different, like your fingerprint. It's completely unique. So everyone has different variables, including digestion, stomach acid, enzymes, microbiome, etc., 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 etc. So there you go. Some more interesting knowledge for you friends out there in podcast land. Now, most of you have heard about fasting and think that is fucking nuts. I would never do a three, four day fast, a seven day fast, weeks of fasting. There's even been people that have done it for a month. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Now, I've done two weeks of fasting before. Oh, goodness. Excuse me. Now, two weeks was tough. Doing just water. And I believe I slipped a couple times with uh, some uh, protein powder. Just because I was literally felt like I was starving to death. But I digress. Still, that's all I had in that two-week period. 
So I've done a couple fasts in my life that were pretty rough and tough. Um, so maybe that's not cool. That's not fasting like that. It's not very attractive to most people, right? It's not, it's not appealing. It doesn't really turn you on. You don't get all wet and juicy and sloppy over thinking about fasting yourself. You think about uh, starving and feeling like dog shit. So that's just not really working for you. That's not getting your jets cooking. What about intermittent fasting? You ever heard of that one? It can greatly improve many health markers. No, intermittent fasting is way different than a regular fast. Normally, the fasting here is between 12 to 16 hours, meaning your eating window is 12 to 8 hours daily. See that? So if you fast for 12 hours, then you eat for 12 hours. If you fast for 16 hours, you eat for 8 hours. So, for example, to be exact... You stop eating at 8 p.m. You resume eating at 8 a.m. That is the 12-hour fast. And yes, your fasting includes your sleeping time. That's downtime. If you're not eating during your sleep, then hooray, you're a normal human being. That's great. So you were fasting during that time. You didn't put any food in. You didn't spike insulin. Your digestion hopefully got to come to a halt and your body got to rest. Didn't have to deal with digestion during that period. So let's discuss the benefits you get during extended fasting periods that you can get on the intermittent fast instead of having to do a real hardcore long-term fast. Number one, there's a substantial increase in your HGH, human growth hormone, associated with healthy body composition, cognitive benefits, increased recovery, boosted immune function, improved energy, Wow, HGH must be some good shit. Yes, it is, because lots of people get it and inject it in their self to get the benefits from it. In the bodybuilding world, this is well known. So if you want some of those HGH benefits naturally, try intermittent fasting. Number two, improvement in insulin sensitivity, meaning less chance of ever becoming a diabetic. That's great news. If you already are, then this could improve your symptoms. And that's a good thing because some people, you might be able to get off insulin or you might be able to stop just taking the medication. You might be able to get everything to start operating like it should again if you do the right things. Number three, increased weight loss, better body composition. This is based on a study where participants ate exactly the same calories with a 12-hour fast or the other group ate whatever they wanted. Well, the group that fasted ended up leaner and meaner. So, lose some body fat. You could eat the same calories but do it in a restricted fashion and receive the benefit. All the other ones that I already told you. Have them. Enjoy them. It's supposed to be wonderful for life extension. Dr. David Sinclair talks about this a lot, along with Reservatrol and Metformin and some other things out there that you can get your hands on that can help life extension as well. But I'm not going to get into a life extension discussion. 
One unfortunate fact. After scientific studies are finished and published, it can take on average 17 years for it to reach a regular clinical practice. Holy shit. So that means if we found out tomorrow the cure for cancer, seriously, it could take 17 fucking years for them to actually get it into full-fledged functional operation inside the doctor's office and hospitals. That's some fucking bullshit. But that's the that's the facts, folks. That is the facts. That's why so much knowledge that we have right now it's not in clinical practice. It's not being applied to patients or anybody that's going to see doctors or anything. Most of them don't know shit about nutrition anyways. But it takes a while for any of this machinery to fucking move and change. So try and stay hip and stay up on the latest health trends and news and medicine and surgeries and things like that. It's good for you to know what's going on because if you just wait for the medical community to catch up, well, as I just told you, 17 fucking years they could be behind the eight ball waiting for stuff that's already been available, already been well known, already been in practice. And they're just waiting to digest the facts and put it into practice for themselves. Slow moving. Some of these trends, I'm sure, aren't very successful for doctors as far as creating and generating income. Another reason why they might not do it. Or they might take so damn long to do it. I just got a text message. Sorry, I had my ringer on. Fuck. Okay, on to another interesting fact. The most chronically deficient mineral in the whole human body is magnesium. 56% of Americans don't get enough of this mineral. Since we are living through a very stressful moment in history, we need magnesium more than ever. Why, you ask? Well, it helps regulate your central nervous system, motherfucker. And it regulates your stress coming in, dealing with it. It also is responsible for 350 biochemical processes in your body. That's 350 fucking things your body either can't do or can't do properly without magnesium. And you know what? Most of our soil is deplete of magnesium because of monocropping. They put in the seeds and they grow the plants and then they harvest the plants and they throw right down some more seeds and there's never any nutrition put back into the soil. That's what was good about having animals graze the lands and eating off the grass and shitting and stomping it into the soil. It's actually good. Things dying on the soil, things shitting on the soil, regular rainwater, stuff like that. All these things bring nutrients, vitamins, minerals of natural sources into the soil that can be transferred over into the plants that can be transferred into you. The soil becomes what they call dead soil. 
when it's just monocropped over and over again. Just turn it over, throw some more seeds in. Turn it over, throw some more seeds in. Extract the plants, throw some more seeds in. So anyways, that's why we're ended up with magnesium deficiencies. And just, just think, then these plants that are magnesium deficient, a lot of them are fed to animals, which makes the meat magnesium deficient. So no way around it. You almost can't get magnesium unless you supplement. Wow. Okay, we're talking about stress. So, boom, over 90% of doctor visits nowadays have a stress-related component. 90 fucking percent. Sleep deprivation is another common component. Compounding stress. So, don't forget to get your sleep. Getting the regular magnesium is so, so important. It's a huge ally against stress. Magnesium affects the parasympathetic system, rest and relax, opposed to the fight or flight sympathetic system. Get your magnesium in, folks. Get your magnesium. All right. Very, very important, folks. One of the most absolutely invaluable items that you can be taking in is water. Good, clean water. Not tap water with all the chemicals and drugs, pharmaceutical leftovers that never get taken out fully of the tap water. Also... Here's a good one. Every 17 ounces of water that you drink burns at least 25 calories. It's a good reason to be drinking your water. Through thermogenesis, this effect happens. Drinking ice cold water burns 8 to 10 calories more. So you could be burning 35 calories per 17 ounces of water throughout the day. So stay hydrated. Drink. Everything in your body depends on it. And you can burn some calories too. So that's a bonus. That's just an extra one. You get on top of the fact you're staying hydrated. You get to burn calories and maybe burn a little bit of extra calories linked to fat. But notice, please get a filter or you become the filter. Your body becomes the filter for whatever trash is in your water. Try to drink half your weight in ounces every day as a rule of thumb. Up to 200 pounds, then only drink more if you need it. So if you're 200 pounds, 100 ounces of water a day, that's your minimum. That's what you need. It's what you got to get. Stay hydrated. Stay sexy. Stay lubricated. Keep everything working correctly. All right. Okay, I've told you lots of different things. Now, how about just a slew of interesting facts? Fat is amazing. That's right, I said it. Even though I cut down fat all the time. We need it. It's storage. It's storage that can open up and supply energy whenever we need it. Also, many people don't know this. I didn't. It's actually considered an organ. And it actually produces endocrine hormones. So like any other organ in your body, it has a purpose. Now, we can't grow our other organs like fat. 
the liver is one organ that actually regenerates itself if it's damaged, but it will not grow excess liver. Fat will grow in excess if you feed it bullshit. So even though it is a organ that we need and must have, there's no reason to be obese. Again, I'm not letting you off the hook for that. And in case you didn't know it, the biggest, fattiest fucking organ in the body is your brain. It's 60% fat. Did you know your brain is a big piece of fat? A big glob ball of fucking Crisco in your skull? That's right. Yes, that's your brain. 60% fat. All right. Don't stop there. I won't. There's more facts coming. This fact really tripped me out. The human genome is 8% virus. How or why, I have no fucking clue. If you want to do your Google reading up on this one, look it up. The human genome is 8% virus. So in all of us, there is viruses from when you are born that is inside the instructions coded into your body to grow you from when you're a baby till the day you die. That's a strange one. Okay, another fact. 200 million people in America are obese or overweight. 200 fucking million. I believe there's only about 350 million people in America. That number is way too high, folks. Good Lord, people, we got to bring that down. Next. 130 million people in America have type 1 or are pre-diabetic. Type 1 diabetes or they are pre-diabetic. 130 million in America. That's too many also. These stats are fucking horrible. I hate even reading this. This makes me want to throw up. Okay, but I still got more to give you. 60% of America has some form of heart disease. Over half of America. Next, most doctors spend many years getting their education, but only receive two weeks of nutritional training. This is a huge motherfucking problem. There's one doctor I recently did a little nosedive into, spent 15 fucking years getting educated, and he had the same education on nutrition, two weeks. 15 fucking years to learn about pills and hacking and chopping on the physical structure of the human body. And he learned nothing about what matters most. The most healing modality that we can use, food. What the fuck? That's one of the biggest problems that we have, isn't it? Okay, next. Before I get caught up on that one. How you feel and look. How you live and die. So much is based on food. Eating healthy and key diverse. You don't want to eat just chicken and broccoli every day because you're eating healthy. Nope. How about some steak? How about some green beans? 
How about some asparagus? How about some spinach? How about some fish? How about some eggs? You know, mix it up. And don't always cook everything. Some things eat them raw. Not the meat, but like the vegetables. (laughs) This adds diversity to your microbiome. And if you're more diverse in your microbiome, then you're going to have stronger immune system, stronger digestion, and you're going to get more nutrients in from your food by having that diversity in your nutrition. All right. Next. Wheat, corn, soy, and sugar are the main thing most Americans eat. Like bread and cereal and chips and crackers and donuts and cake and pie and shit. Piles of shit. Fucking shit. Everything shit. So many foods are dressed up as different stuff, but they're actually the same foods I was just mentioning just over and over. Americans are eating the same foods over and over and over and over and fucking over. Good Lord. So much of this stuff is depressing to read to you guys, to dole out the facts. The facts sometimes don't make you happy. Sometimes they make you sad. But I'm going to be positive and say I've shared some horrendous stats with you, but the future is looking bright because the more people know, the better they can do to make themselves a greater, more enhanced version of their self. You don't have to be broken down and dying. And so many of the paradigms that are old, let's throw them out and put in the new paradigms, the new studies, the new information that we have. Let's bring it in. Let's get started with something new. Let's stop doing the old shit like counting calories and start putting in good food. Don't worry about the calories. Just eat the good food and throw out the shit. Push the Twinkies away. Chunk the fucking ding-dongs. Okay? Let's just do better, feel better, live better, and share that information with other people so they can live better and healthier and longer. And then we're all going to be feeling better. And you know what? I even ran across a study, too, about prisoner inmates being given nutritional supplements. They ate the same garbage, all the people that were in there. And it was like, I believe it was 60% of the inmates were less active in aggressive behavior and just doing better. Less violent outbursts, less... Of the shit that we don't need right now. We don't need people that are being thoughtless, violent, outrageous, causing hell. We need people to have a well-balanced mind and body from the good nutrition that a good diet can bring because it regulates you. It makes you a more conscious human being and makes you want to do better and think better. And take care of your fellow human beings. And right now we got to take care of one another. We are not going to fight each other. That's not what this country needs. We need to stick together. And work together against the powers that be. That are suppressing and causing us to live like shit. And I'm not going to get off on that one. I'll just leave you with this. The little known health facts that I gave you. Enjoy those. 
learn from those, be a better human being and share being a better human being with someone else. Okay. And do me a favor. Since you stopped by and you listen today, you might like this show. So if you do share it with somebody, just one other person that might enjoy this also. And if that's the case, great. If you don't know anybody, I got another favor you can do for me. Stop by the review section and give me a great rating and a nice review. That would be freaking awesome. That would make my day or night whenever I find it. And it's going to help other people that are looking for a podcast like this to read the review. And so many of y'all just, you know, this is true, man. You are led by reviews. And if there's a good review on something, you'll give it a try. That's why I need good reviews. Because if there's good reviews, somebody go, oh, you might give him a listen. These other people seem to think he's a decent bloke. I think I'll listen in on him, see if he's okay. So help me out. Give me a good review. Stop by there. Put a little something. Post me up. Power me stars I deserve. Hopefully five. And uh, say you enjoyed the program. He provides great information or whatever it is that you're thinking. And that'll help lead people this direction. And I need your help. So thanks for joining me today. This is Jay Scott. I'm signing off. And I will catch you on the next one, folks. Much love. Later. Keeping it real. Consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts and their material and deliver it to you. But please do all of this at your own risk.